Hello and welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Scherzarko, and in this episode I was joined once again by my good friend and expert in all things Halloween and horror, John Paul Sorelli. You may have heard him already on our Cats episode, which we reference a few times in this one, but in case you haven't, make sure to follow John Paul's blog Mondo Volgare on Facebook and Twitter. Trust me, whether you're a fan of horror or not, you will enjoy all of his insightful and witty posts. We cover a lot of ground in this episode, from cartoons to TV specials to classic Halloween movies to monster flicks, and I give a pretty expansive list of hollow wines, that's right, I went there, that I think you'll enjoy. So we really hope that this one gets you in the Halloween spirit. Somebody stop me. It's very late, and I'm very tired. A huge Halloween thank you to our patrons, including our producers, Emma Cohen, Rena Sarame, Zoo Yorker, and Allison Tuli, all of whom have hashtag big Halloween energy, to our advanced producer, Mara Zobrist, who rivals Christina Ricci for the Queen of Halloween, and to our master patron, Michael Beck, who is more iconic than Bela Lugosi. Did you know that for $5 a month, I will send you a personalized pairing of your choice? I love doing those and interacting with all of my wonderful patrons, so please come check out what we have to offer at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast. Thank you also to our sponsor for this week, Care Of. For 25% off your first order of vitamins, supplements, and protein powders, head on over to takecareof.com and enter the promo code PAIRING. I'll tell you more about it later on. Last but not least, before we dive in, I have a few quick personal plugs to make. As many of you know, I am also an actor on top of being a wine aficionado, and you can now hear me on several new and upcoming podcasts, including, most recently, the audio drama Zero Hours, a seven-episode miniseries from the creators of Wolf 359 about the end or ends, of the world. It's truly incredible what Gabrielle, Sarah, and Zach have put together in so short amount of time, and I'm so grateful that I got to be a part of it, so please check that out at zerohourspodcast.com or in your podcast app of choice. Without further ado, here is episode 49, Halloween with John Paul Sorelli. Well, it's very much in the spirit of this episode to have cats around. And so who else would I want to have back on pairing other than a fellow cat lover and master of Halloween-related media um, expert, I should say, and the creator and writer of the blog Mondo Vulgare. You've heard him before. He's back. I'm back. John Paul Sorelli. <laughs> keep coming back. Can't keep me keep, down. They keep coming back. Just like zombies. I, yeah. I mean, I was going to go for insert slasher here, but yes, zombies Oh, too. yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's true. <laughs> Return of the John Paul Sorelli. Right. That's another potential episode title. But <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Which, I mean, the working title right now is Hollow Wine, obviously. I, I think we both <laughs> thought of that separately, so it kind of has to be that. 
It kind of, it must be because it, it, it's meant to be. And because it's, you know, wine, Halloween, and dad-related humor. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not dad humor, but dad-related humor. So dad-related. Jokes about I don't know dads. why I said <laughs> You know, I actually did sleep well last night, but for some reason I've just been really, like, punchy and out of it today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I apologize to you, John Paul, and to you listeners if. Uh, the things I say don't make sense. Well, awesome. I'm so excited. We've been wanting to do a Halloween episode. Uh, we've been talking about doing it for a while, and I'm super excited that we're making it happen. And, John Paul, I, I, I'm I, sort of going to give you the reins in this one oh, because— Oh, no, this is too much power. I know, I know. It's so much power. But uh, you you definitely are much more familiar with uh, a, lot, a lot more Halloween— content than i am probably i know halloween is very very important to you oh, it's my it's my holy day yes yeah 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 <laughs> that's amazing so we you'd mentioned a couple of things that you wanted to touch upon some of them i am familiar with some of them i'm not so i'm excited to talk about to touch on these different things and i've compiled a little list of halloween appropriate if not necessarily like themed wines the hollow wines and yeah. the hollow wines yes i've prepared the list of hollow wines as well as uh i think we wanted to talk about some potential beer cider and spirits right. because it's for halloween i can't believe i didn't make that connection until you well mentioned it. so I mean, full disclosure, probably most of our listeners are also aware of Spirits, the podcast, but so spirit that's kind of what Spirits uh, is. They're a podcast where they drink spirits and talk about like ghost stories and myths and folklore. So I can't, I can't really take credit for that one. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Julian, Amanda, and Eric of Spirits. All right. Well, John Paul. What should we start with? What should we start by talking about? Perhaps we should start with the movies that you are familiar with as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That way we can kind of seg into other things as needed. That sounds great. So the the one that stands out to me that has also been requested many times for me to do pairings for is The Nightmare Before Christmas, of course. The yeah. mm -hmm. I would say quintessential Halloween film from Tim, Tim Burton that can appeal to those who like scary movies and those who don't alike, I would say. You know, I'm glad that you called it a quintessential Halloween film because the yeah. debate goes on, is it more of a Halloween movie or more of a Christmas movie? Right. I, am very, I feel very strongly that it's more of a Halloween movie. I do too. Jack's entire arc is that he... Uh, tries to get into Christmas, fails to understand it, and goes back to Halloween. It's yeah. a Halloween movie. It absolutely, 100%. And it is, most importantly, a movie about how Halloween is better than Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be kind of diplomatic and be like, not necessarily better, but yeah. nah, yeah, yeah, you're right. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely in the in the pro Halloween camp. I got to say like I got nothing against Christmas itself. No, but, but here's the thing. Hallmark is starting their um 24/7 Christmas marathon oh on October 25th this no, year. That's not okay. Before Halloween. 
That's not so okay. So now I'm fine. I'm fine with the war on Christmas now. Oh yeah. <laughs> before because before we were look, they're know, waging war on Halloween. Clearly, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's clearly. retaliation at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's amazing. But yes, no, it's always a struggle because Winston's mom loves Hallmark movies and Winston. Well, there's a lot of them. Hates them. And <laughs> and I you know, they're not my favorite. I was sort of neutral on them until I had to watch several of them in a row. I don't think I've ever seen one. Good for you. You're not missing <laughs> you're not missing anything. Who cares? Anyway, we're getting <laughs> right. we're getting derailed. Even Christmas is taking over this podcast. Yeah. So. Oh my God, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> Marlon Brando's in on it. Oh my God, the great Marlon Brando conspiracy. <laughs> it continues. It continues. Uh, we'll have to bring that in for sure. But just to <laughs> just to start us off, obviously, the pairing that I have to make for Nightmare Before Christmas is there is a pumpkin cordial. So funny enough, it is made in Boulder, Colorado, where I used to live, but I sold it in New York, and I never saw it when I was in Boulder. But it is called The Pumpkin King. So I feel it, like... It has to be, yeah. It has There's to be. There's also a, a pumpkin ale called Pumpkin. Yes, um, yes. And and uh, and Dogfish Head... What is Dogfish Head's pumpkin ale called? Isn't that... Punk, I should punking. know because I just got it while you were yeah. here, in fact. Um, oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. I remember but that. But I, fr- I forget the name of it. They're all kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a punny word for pumpkin, and it should be e- a punkin, but that sounds too easy. But, I think I think it is like pumpkin, like like pumpkin, yeah. you know, like it's yeah. a play on punk rock and right. pumpkin, pumpkin ale it's, or something like that. Right. It's something like that. It's something like that. Well, while we were talking about it, um, John Paul, you had mentioned that you you like pumpkin beers, which I do too. I just don't like seek them out as much. So I'm curious, what are your favorite pumpkin beers? Oh uh, well, here's the thing: is that I am only I think they're only okay, <laughs> but I drink them at this time of year because I feel like it's something that's part of the season. There are only a few that I've that I because you're a right, true I'm dedicated, but. But there are only a few that I think are really, really good. Uh, one of them being, it's called Elysian Night Owl. Uh, no, no pumpkin okay. puns in the name. They don't no even mention puns, pumpkin huh? in the in the name. It just happens to be a pumpkin. Wow. Egg. But I like that one a lot. Awesome. Hi there, the ghost of future Emma here to tell you that since recording this, we discovered that Elysian Brewing is based in Washington. That will be important later. That's the only one that comes to mind as far as... I also, I mean, I love anything Dogfish Head, so I have had the Dogfish Head. Uh, I think it's yeah. called Pumpkin. And I do like that Hill. one, too. And that is but, very good. Yeah. Very good. And I, and part of what I like about this Pumpkin Cordial is that it's not too sweet. It's just, it's just like, has that hint of spice to it, but it's good just, like, on the rocks, or you can make it into a cocktail. Um, I think it's a perfect fall mixer. So, and, and, um, oh, and I, and I wanted to talk about, hopefully this will be okay. I'll double check with the people who, uh, made this drink, but I was actually just at a wedding and they, their like signature cocktail for their wedding had, um, I think it was pumpkin puree, bourbon, some spices and ginger beer. And it was so good. I was like ready to to like poo poo it because I don't like super sweet cocktails, but it wasn't. It was like 
just the right blend of like little bit sweet, little bit spicy, like the bourbon, like gave it some heat, but like wasn't overwhelming. Um, and the ginger beer just made it like nice and refreshing. So, um, highly recommend that. And I have to give credit to my friends, Shelby and Dave for that. Uh, congratulations, Shelby and Dave. Congrats. Yay. (laughs) Cool. Okay. So we've talked about some, some pumpkin related, uh, beverages for the nightmare before christmas and i think i don't know there there's just something because this is another one of those movies which i feel like we've talked about a few of them we talked about some in the cats episode Mm -hmm. but uh that is just like so quintessential of our childhood or i feel like of my childhood yeah we even we even mentioned this in that episode briefly yeah yeah i think so i think so it it just is classic tim burton there it's magical but it's dark it's sad i love mm-hmm. the music in it that is definitely on my on my halloween yeah, playlist yeah, for sure. i like tim burton's name goes above the title even though he didn't direct the movie yes that's right that's right i, I do think that if you're gonna put anyone's name above the title it should be danny elfin's the nightmare before christmas yeah yeah no i agree i agree 100 percent Cause didn't he didn't he do the the singing voice of, of Jack, Jack Skellington? Yeah, Chris Sarandon yes. did the speaking voice. Yes, that's right. Prince Humperdinck and the Princess Bride. Yes, in case in case you didn't make that connection. Right, right. <laughs> yes, no, but it's a it's an amazing movie, and we we lie on the side the firmly on the side of it's a Halloween movie. Happy to fight you <laughs> if you think it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't even really know how you can justify it being a Christmas movie when uh, even the Christmas scenes in the movie feel very Halloween-y. Yeah. I rest my case. I, I it, it has big Halloween energy, I think. Big Halloween if, energy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> hashtag. Um. <laughs> <laughs> did you see it in theaters when it came out? I think I did because I remember being really scared by... Oh my gosh, the the boogeyman. Oh yeah. Oh, I did it. I did that song at a karaoke recently, Oogie Boogie. Oh song. my gosh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I won't I won't give you a sample here because it's I'm too close to the microphone. But Oh, okay. We, we, <laughs> but, you might blow out the speakers. Right. Trust me, it's one of the few impressions that I do really well. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> Maybe maybe we'll we'll coax you to to record a little sample for us. Sure, mate. You can uh, release it as bonus content for the yeah, Patreon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I saw it in theaters when it came out, and I also had all of the the original toys when they came out, um, oh my God, which amazing. my parents made me get rid of because once a year I had to do toy cleaning, and oh. so eventually I had to get rid of them, and then oh, I learned how much they're all worth now, and oh my God, that my I'm sure they're parents. Feel pretty shitty about that. <laughs> well, good. Take that, parents. The thing is, I think that if with all the toys that I had when I was a kid, um, my you know uh-huh. my parents always told me like you know you can't just play with toys forever. And I'm now I'm like you know if I had kept all those, I wouldn't have to do anything else now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Actually, you can. Right. One of the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, toys that I had was this Oogie Boogie stuffed animal uh-huh i was trying a uh, plush is probably a better term because he's not yeah, an sure, animal sure, sure. but yeah yeah <laughs> but it opened up and it came with little plastic bugs that you can fill him with so oh my god that's that was amazing. that was really neat i miss yep. i miss having that i looked it up on yeah. ebay to try to get it again and it's it's like 300 dollars. so oh my god 
Well, now your parents are kicking themselves, I'm sure. Uh, but I doubt it, but they should be. <laughs> you should feel shame. Right. <laughs> Well, unless there's anything else specifically, be- because it is just such a like generally Halloween themed movie, mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned it. Yeah. I think people know that one well enough that we probably don't have to go too in depth about it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. If you haven't seen Nightmare Before Christmas, stop this podcast yeah, right you're now. You're behind. Yeah, yeah, you got you got to see it. You got to. Although see it. In- interesting point though and this brings it back into why those original toys are so valuable is that it didn't do yeah. well at all when it came out. That's true. Yeah, no, it it was one of those that was sort of similar to The Princess Bride actually, right. which was not not very successful when it came out in theaters. Um but have gained cult following. Yes. In, I think in part of it I Nightmare Before Christmas probably owes a good 75% of its audience to Hot Topic. Because I that remember very true. in like the late 90s, early 2000s, that's when Hot Topic started going crazy with the Nightmare yeah, Before Christmas right. merchandise. Yeah, I think and I, think I that remember that. was the resurgence of its popularity. Yeah, actually, totally. Does Hot Topic even exist anymore? They do, but they're not really a goth store anymore. They're more oh, of like really? a, like they have a lot of like, um, Nickelodeon stuff. They're more of like a throwback kind of nostalgia store now. Interesting. Interesting. Fascinating. They used to be a, huh. a, a they had nothing but Nightmare Before Christmas and the Crow uh merchandise for a while. I think I think I I think I remember that. I didn't shop there mostly, but I had I had many friends who did. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing lots of Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, right. Regalia. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the proper term. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, what should we move on to next? So the other the other things that you had suggested that I was familiar with, um, most of most of them seem to have Christina Ricci. In them. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so and so I was thinking we could we could do the little Christina Ricci segment. Um, who also Christina Ricci has big Halloween energy. I would. She say. does. Yes. But yes, so we were talking about uh, Casper. You mentioned, yeah. Also, I also, a film. <laughs> I also had the Casper from the movie Those Toys when that came out. And oh my god, there amazing. was a uh, the fat ghost. His name is Fatso. Clever, but, right? Um, right. That was another like plush that you could open up and put yeah. food in him. So it was the same basic idea <laughs> as the Oogie Boogie thing. <laughs> but you put things into him instead of taking things out of him. Right. Well, you could or, take them right. out as well. I <laughs> guess you I guess you could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the I think the the point in that one was to yeah, to feed him like this little right, plastic right. burger and pizza whatever it came Oh my with. gosh. This sounds really familiar. I'm wondering if I had that toy cuz I loved Casper when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I ha- there was also like a CD-ROM activity center if you remember those that I had for yeah. Casper. Oh yes, I do. All the throwbacks, all the nostalgia. Uh have you watched the movie recently at all? I have not. I don't think I've seen it in at least 20 years if not 25. Um, I was going to go and get it from the shelf, and then I realized I'd have to go away from the microphone to do that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Stupid. But I, I still have the VHS. Amazing. Uh, so I, we, we, Brett and I watched it again recently. Uh-huh. Uh, Does it quite hold up? Not really. It's not, it's not <laughs> yeah. bad, but like, yeah. 
it did it definitely doesn't hold up nearly to the extent that the nightmare before christmas does sure sure i i believe that there are a lot more like cringy jokes in it than i remember there being sure sure i'm sure they just went over my head when i was a kid but i'm sure that now i would be like i think the part that that pissed me off the most as a ghostbusters fan is that dan Aykroyd Uh has a cameo in the movie as ray from ghostbusters uh, oh my god! Although he has this little weird mustache, I'm like Ray doesn't have a mustache, huh, but weird. Uh, but yeah. he's he uh, is like this is too much for me to handle, or something like that, some line like that. I'm like, what? That's Are you kidding so me? Funny. Ray can't handle Casper. That is really funny. I definitely do not remember that because I think that I had not seen Ghostbusters when I saw Casper. So, oh, Ghostbusters was another one of my childhood favorites. Oh, oh, me too. But but I didn't I didn't. Because I feel like I would I watched Casper when I was like five mm. or so, and I don't think I saw Ghostbusters until I was like nine or ten. Okay, gotcha. And then and then once I saw Ghostbusters, I was obsessed with it. Yeah. But my I think my parents decided that I wasn't ready to see it until. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there uh, is despite the older. despite the PG rating and the kind of kid friendly image of the movie there is yeah. there's a blowjob scene in that movie in oh Go- that's oh yeah in yeah it, but right that at the is not in casper um yeah, yeah at first i thought you were talking about casper no and no I was no, like, no wait what <laughs> well i think one of the ghosts gets sucked into a vacuum if you count that but i mean i mean we could we could read into the right. metaphors <laughs> but but no there's a very explicit blowjob scene at the at the very beginning of ghostbusters yeah it's during when the the montage when they're playing the song yeah Right, exactly, exactly. So it's very iconic. Right. I remember it clearly. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, back to Casper. Right. Well, I mean, I think uh, I'd be I'd be curious to rewatch it again, uh, just to it's, see. It's worth checking out again. I just wouldn't sure. go in with your expectations that high. But then, from later in Christina Ricci's career, well, I guess we could go backwards first. Oh, to um, Adam's family. To Adam's family, right. which. Talk about big Halloween energy. Wednesday (laughs) Adams is, I think every, like, every goth kid idolizes Wednesday Adams, I think. That's safe to say. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We all, I mean, I've been told as I get older, especially, um, but even when I was younger, people, people always said that I reminded them of Morticia Adams. Right. Which I take very much as a compliment. Yeah. But. uh, Because also uh, big Halloween energy. I mean, everyone in the uh, whole, everyone in the Adams family. But they're also like, I forget if it was you who I saw who posted recently or somebody else on the internet who who posted about how the Adams family, like they, they have in many ways, like a very functional marriage. Yeah, and... yeah they, there was a tweet that went viral. I I don't have it yeah. on hand, so I can't give credit yeah. to who wrote this. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You don't have all your viral I tweets know, on hand. I, know. <laughs> I, um, I need to start making mental notes of this but, i know i know <laughs> it, it the adam's family is supposed to be kind of like a a a satire of like the opposite of what a typical american family is right and part of that includes a very loving husband and a and a wife who doesn't yeah. resent her husband so yes <laughs> <laughs> like they have Imagine an extremely that. loving marriage <laughs> Yes, yes. Ugh. Imagine that. But Wednesday Adams, mm-hmm. super iconic. Yeah, a lot of a lot of great one-liners in uh, in both both of the movies. Uh, so Adams sassy. Family Values. I've seen a lot more than the first one. Yes, yes. I I think me too. 
Um, I haven't seen them, probably I haven't seen them as much as you have, but I remember Adam's family values more distinctly than yeah um, i think most people do i think that's one of the rare sequels that almost everybody likes more than the original yeah i think so i think so Ooh, this this feels sort of appropriate for talking about adam's family not entirely but uh well yeah actually it does um but there is a wine sort of that i feel like is appropriate for halloween called the sinister hand Oh, um, so like thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, though it has it on the on the I was gonna say on the cover, on the on the wine label, <laughs> on the cover of the wine. Right. It uh, <laughs> it has like a gauntlet on it, um, which is really cool. And I just in doing a little bit of research, I looked up the story behind it, and I thought that it was kind of cool. So, um, if you will indulge me, I'm just gonna read about it go for Uh, it just this just this little blurb so it's from the winemaking company owen Rowe, and which is um a a lot of the wines that i found are based in washington which i feel like is appropriate for halloween because you know like there's there's foggy parts of of washington when i think of washington i think of like it's rainy and foggy also because Washington Irving, who wrote The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Uh, yes. There we oh, go. perfect. I know that's a very loose connection. I'm just throwing things out there. It, and, and and another loose connection, this is more horror-specific rather than Halloween, but a lot of zombie-related media begins in Seattle. Like, a lot of people, for, for some reason, oh my gosh, so iZombie takes place in Seattle and um, World War Z. Um, you a know, lot of it takes place see, in Seattle, but you know, you you came in here saying that you that I knew yeah. more than you did, but I haven't seen either of those. So highly recommend. I just binged all of iZombie. I highly recommend it. It is a very fun procedural with a twist, and and it's very well done. Um, World War Z. I mean, the movie was stupid, and I've only seen the movie. But Winston has read the book and listened to the book, and apparently, the book is amazing. Yeah, written by. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Mel Brooks's son. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, Mel Brooks's son. Yeah. I don't remember his first name either. But yes, written by Mel Brooks's son, and and it and it's done in a really cool way. I've listened to some of the audiobook or or like full cast recording of it. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's it's very cool, very interesting. So yes, that's my contribution <laughs> to zombie related media. But anyway, so the sinister hand is a uh, Rhone-style blend, so made from Grenache, Syrah, and Mouved from Yakima in Washington. And it says, This is a classic Rhone-inspired blend delivering Grenache, Syrah, Mouved, and Cinso, but with an ominous name like Sinister Hand, you know there's got to be a haunting backstory. And there is! Legend has it that back in the 17th century, two Irish families, the O'Neills and the O'Reillys, decided to test their water prowess in a rowing race, and it was determined that the winning team would lay claim to a particularly prized plot of land. The straightforward agreement was that whichever team touched the land first would win. Fair enough. However, when O'Neill's boat began trailing behind, a member of the crew chopped off his hand and tossed it to the shore, going to great lengths to secure the land for the O'Neills. 
rumor has it that the land remains in the hands of the O'Neill family today. So uh, that's the story behind that. And I wow. believe the connection there is that I, th- I think someone O'Neill is the actual winemaker for this wine. So there you go. Wow. Or, you know, thing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And then I guess also speaking of Washington, um, I've talked about this wine company a lot, including in the last episode, the Neil Gaiman episode, but um, I think it's appropriate to talk about now. There is a company in Washington called the Corviday Wine Company, and Corviday is the name of the family of birds to which crows, ravens, rooks. Hey, crow. That's my cat your, for those who... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you don't know John Paul's cat is crow, then, what are you yeah, even what doing we, listening yeah. to this podcast? <laughs> She's more popular um, than I am, so... I mean, my cats are way more popular than I am. <laughs> but yeah, and so they make a really good Syrah called the Lenore Syrah. Obviously, uh, you know, Edgar Allan Poe. Hmm. Obviously. The, Obviously. And then the Ravenna Riesling and the uh, the Rook. It used to be a Merlot, but they changed it to a red blend, I think. Um, but those are all really, really good, really tasty. Highly recommend them. Also, most of the wines that came to mind when talking about Halloween were red wines, I think, which I think makes sense. You know, it's a it's little bit like blood. Oh, yes. Ah, we got it. We got the the Dracula reference in. (laughs) (laughs) But he never drinks wine. No, he never drinks wine. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I, okay, so I have to talk about now. Um, (laughs) We recently got into the new store that I work at, a Transylvanian ice vine. Oh, God. I know, which um, I forget what the full name of it is, but... I remember one of the words, I posted a picture of it on the internet and someone speaks Romanian because they're amazing (laughs) who said that it, one of the words, it means bat. So that is also, I feel like, a very appropriate Halloween wine. Mm -hmm. Halloween, sorry. I need to keep, Halloween, Halloween. Okay, cool. I I think I've talked enough about wine for for now. We'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. Everything comes back to wine. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a good, oh, that's a good slogan. Oh, man. Why did I think of that just now? (laughs) All right. What should we talk about next? Oh, well, there's another Christina Ricci movie that is uh, Halloween, which is Sleepy Hollow. Obviously. And you were just in Sleepy Hollow, were you not? I was. I visited Washington Irving's grave, in fact. Indeed. Indeed. It's a normal grave, but his name is on it. Well, that's that's what makes it special. Right. But you were telling were you telling me about you you said you'd been to a winery, I forget if it was in Sleepy Hollow or in somewhere else in upstate New York. Oh, that was um yeah, that was that was in Rochester. That's way upstate. That's Oh, okay. That's Brett's that's, gonna hate that's, me for saying this, but that's like Canada. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it basically is. I've I've been up there. Someone was talking to me about spiced wine recently, which you know <sighs> I think of, like, spiced wine and mulled wine and sangria and stuff like that as, like, sort of separate mm-hmm. from wine wine. Um, wine the proper. Wine wine is the, the, yeah, the technical term. <laughs> yes. Uh, but there's definitely a time and a place for, for like, spiced wine, mulled wine, um, especially, and mulled cider. Mm-hmm. Perfect fall drinks. Yeah. 
and uh and I'm from Massachusetts and cider is a big deal in Massachusetts. So, and I believe well, I'm not sure how many apple orchards there would be in Sleepy Hollow, but I sort of imagined that there might be apple Sleepy Hollow apple is very small. There. Um it's yes. a very small town. Uh like yes. so small that the high school and middle school is one school. It's Sleepy yeah, that Hollow makes sense. middle slash high school. That's how you know it's a small town. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's really great. I recommend going there. Oh, uh, we we didn't do this this year, but they have something that's technically not in Sleepy Hollow, but it's just outside of it called the Great Jack-O-Lantern Blaze, which um, I think is the world's largest jack-o'-lantern display. I don't know. There might be Amazing. one. There might be one that's larger, but it's it's really worth going to if you ever get a chance to do it. It's, that sounds awesome. Yeah, they do it all September through like the first week of November every year. Oh, nice, nice. And I imagine I I have never been to Sleepy Hollow, but I have been to Salem. Yes. And I know that Halloween is a big deal in Salem. Yeah, I went there last year for my honeymoon. Yes, yeah. yes, amazing, which I love. And speaking of Salem, we can come back and talk about Sleepy Hollow the movie. We did talk about this movie last time, so I don't need to dwell on it. Mm-hmm. But I did want to give a quick shout out to Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Which is another one of my personal favorite Halloween movies. I know it's not yours. Oh, it's I, I'm I, I already went over it last time. I'm fine with yeah, it. I just yeah. didn't watch it enough as a kid for it to have exactly. sentimental value to me. Yeah, and actually I think that's what we were talking about the nightmare before Christmas right. in relation to like these movies that we watch so much as kids that give gave us that like strong feeling of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that I did want to mention about Hocus Pocus other than I think it's amazing and I love it is there is a wine called Hocus Pocus, which is actually very good. Sometimes, you know, cause sometimes wines can be really gimmicky that have names like that. And, and not just, I mean, it's gimmicky, but it's also really good. Um, and this one is the one that I've had at least is a Syrah. And this one is coming from California. So, uh, you know, not, not nearby, where Hocus Pocus takes place, though it's where Max moves from. Oh, uh, there you so go. So that that actually there's the there's the connection. So yeah, it's from Santa Barbara in California, which is one of my favorite regions in California because I because I think it's you know it it it's growing in prestige, but it's still pretty underrated. So you can get really good wines from Santa Barbara that are not that expensive. So. Um, and the the hocus pocus one, um, it's it's very silly. Like it's it it's not a scary label at all. It's just like a guy in a in like a tuxedo and a mustache just like floating in the air. Speak for yourself. <laughs> that's very... that's terrifying. I mean, it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, highly recommend. And I feel like that's a good wine to drink while watching hocus pocus. So along with the sinister hand, I think the sinister hand is a good one. But yes, um, I sort of we sort of jumped around a little bit. But was there anything about Sleepy Hollow the movie that you wanted to talk about? Uh, so I've always had mixed feelings about the movie. Um, Me too. I, I my favorite version of the, of Sleepy Hollow uh, is the Disney one, uh, mm-hmm. and this is one of the rare instances where saying the Disney version of something is better than the R-rated horror version of it. Right. But I think this is that the case where that is true. But but I do like the Tim Burton one. Um, what what are what are your issues with it? Um, 
Well, you know what? I haven't seen it in a long time, but I just I just remember feeling like they I, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to, I, I can't quite put into words. I just remember watching the movie and being like, this is almost so good, but it's, that, yeah, it, that's, it's lacking something. Right. That's exactly how and, I feel about it. There's so yeah. much great in the movie. And yes. yet it just feels like there's something missing. Um, like something disjointed right. or something. It looks amazing. Um, yes. The sets, the cinematography, the, costumes and everything are all fantastic the cast christopher walken christopher walken yeah. as the headless horseman yeah he doesn't have perfect. a word in the movie but he's christopher walken yeah yeah it's amazing <laughs> also I, it has christopher lee is in the movie as well oh um, that's right i forgot yeah it's a great cast all around and, um, and christina, christina ricci, ricci yes. obviously obviously mm-hmm. yeah miranda richardson uh like oh actually God, like yes. half of the uh cast ended up in harry potter movies yeah, that's actually that's true. Yeah. Again, it's it's a movie that I really I would put it on mute in the background just to look at sure. it. Sure. Um Yeah, absolutely. No, it is visually very compelling. And that's my general takeaway from the movie. Yes. I think I I think that's accurate. I think that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got two Tim Burton or Tim Burton related movies in here. Yes. Uh which feels feels right also. Even even Edward Scissorhands, which I don't think is at all remotely a Halloween movie, just but but I mean Edward Scissorhands kind of uh, Robert Smith hairdo and the leather, yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of yeah. looks like a Halloween character. Absolutely, yeah. Just just the fact that and and also Vincent Price is in it. Yeah, so, right. There's always so horror feel, connections in his movies. Yeah, but yes, no. I was thinking I was thinking about Edward Scissorhands too, and I was like, oh, we can relate that, but. I was like, eh, isn't that that one is really not a Halloween movie? No, Beetlejuice could be. Beetlejuice, absolutely. Oh yeah, and um, I would say, oh my gosh, what's her name? Lydia in mm-hmm. yeah in Beetlejuice is kind of a, like you were either a Wednesday Adams or a Lydia, right. Yes, growing up, but Beetlejuice is very Halloweeny. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, and Michael Keaton is really fantastic in that movie and oh my god so good i feel like almost everyone who's played the joker since then has actually been playing beetlejuice to some extent yeah yeah actually i think i think that's a very good point there's very there's a lot of elements from that performance that you'll see in in the portrayals of the joker of what what movie would not be improved with beetlejuice though i mean you're right you're right fair point fair point oh speaking (laughs) of beetlejuice did you have you ever watched the show community yes of course. Who, the show also does great Halloween episodes. They so do. They so do. Related. Yes. But yes. they do for the first three seasons. In the first season, they mention Beetlejuice at some point, And uh-huh. they also do in the second season. And then in the third season, when they say it, he walks by in the background. Which oh, really? Three seasons worth of a payoff for that. Yes. Joke. Oh, my God. That's so good. We recently just rewatched all of Community. Uh, but I didn't I didn't catch that. So I guess I'm going to have to rewatch it again. You have to do the whole series again now. Yes, the whole series again. I mean, it's a great series until... I've only seen the first three seasons, and I kind of stopped watching after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it's weird because, I mean, again, this is a tangent, but, but like the fourth season, I think, is the one where they had fired Dan Harmon, so it's, so yeah. it's a little weaker. Then he came back for the fifth season, but other cast members kept leaving so and then and then it was canceled but then it was picked up by yahoo 
um, for yeah, the that was sixth weird. season, which is very weird. But it's it's worth watching the last three seasons, but the first three are definitely the best and the strongest. And that is my personal opinion. Yeah, and the Halloween episodes are really good in that. They are really good. My Halloween playlist that I made, I've made, I made four, but <laughs> the what the one that I made that I plan on playing at work, the work yes. friendly one. Yes. Uh, I included like personal notes to myself in between uh-huh. certain songs as a nod to what yeah, the dean yes. does in that episode. That is so good. That is so good. Uh, the Dean. Yes. And was has there ever been a better Halloween costume than Troy and Abed's Ripley and Queen Alien costume? Definitely not. It was, It's incredible. It's incredible. Um, bringing it back to the Cats episode once oh, again. Oh, yeah. We talked about aliens. Yeah. But yes, well, this this brings me to, so so the, uh, the, the last thing that you had suggested that I was also familiar with were some of these Halloween TV specials. Yeah, there's a lot. Yes. And... And so community is one of them. One that you didn't mention, but I just wanted to give a nod to were a couple of the Buffy Vampire Slayer I Halloween I can't believe specials. I didn't think of that. No uh. worries at all. But Band Candy is one of my favorite yeah. episodes of Buffy. It's, yes, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing episode. Yeah, Ethan, Ethan Rain is the Lord of Chaos in Halloween mm-hmm. on, on the show. And it's amazing. Obviously, The Simpsons. Yeah, they they are kind of the masters of the Halloween episode, I think. Um, yes. Like, even even though I haven't watched The Simpsons in... Uh, they're on, like, season 31 now. But, yeah, um, yeah. I probably haven't watched it regularly since about season 10. So. Yeah, I would say probably me too, because I was watching it regularly when I was around, around that age. Mm-hmm. But I still watch the Halloween episode every year. That's the oh, one episode oh, I still watch every year. Okay, so you've really seen... I've seen every Treehouse of Horror episode. Oh yet. my God, that's amazing. <laughs> um, the recent ones have been hit or miss, but you know sure. the, the, the early ones, like the first eight or so, are, uh-huh. are, are all fantastic. I, I, I think I remember that. I don't remember any of them specifically because, again, it's been so long. But So I'm curious, which is... If you can, if you can remember, mm-hmm. what are yeah. your favorites? All right. Well, segments you mean, or just like episodes? Because each episode has three segments. Yeah, yeah. Um, either either way. I think the most popular segment that they've ever done is their parody of The Shining, which they yes, call the, that one the I, Shining. That, yes, that's that one I do remember. Yes. <laughs> my, I think my personal favorite one though is um, there's one where they parody. Um, Oh, let's see. Uh, it's a parody of a Twilight Zone episode. Um, oh, okay. Where uh, Homer gets a crusty doll for Bart, and uh-huh. it's it's an evil crusty doll, so uh-huh. it tries to kill him. Of course. Of course. Um, the uh, it, almost every line in that episode is brilliant. When he's buying the uh, the crusty doll from this like ancient Chinese shop of mystery. Right, right, right. Uh, he has this whole exchange with the shop owner that I quote constantly. I I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but it's, sure. it's the whole routine is fantastic. And the punchline of the episode is is really funny. Uh, I'll spoil it. I can spoil it, right? Yeah, yeah. I, the, I think the it's whole, fine. They call the, uh, the help hotline for these dolls, and the guy uh-huh. comes, and he just picks it up and goes, eh, here's your problem. You got it switched to evil and switches it to good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's how it ends. <laughs> 
So I oh, love that. So good. So good. I also really love the uh, the parody they did of, of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh my God, yes. Where Mr. No. Burns is Dracula. Yes, no, I remember that because I didn't get like the hair when I, because I remember seeing the, the Halloween episode before I'd seen Bram Stoker's Dracula, but I mm-hmm. remember the hair, which uh, I was like, what is going on with his hair? Yeah, that's an interesting point too, because I think, uh, our generation probably grew up watching the Simpsons episodes without seeing any of the movies that they were parodying. Probably so, because we were younger. Right. So yeah. when I saw the actual movies later in life, I'm like, hey, that was on hey! The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's perfect. Yes, exactly. And The Simpsons apparently, not to get off on another tangent, but sure. predicted a lot of world events. So Yeah, no, that's true. You sh- should watch these Treehouse of Horror episodes just to see what our future is going to be like. I kind of I kind of want to now. I kind of want to just, because I'm sure I, I can find them streaming somewhere or somehow. Well, they'll be on, every Simpsons episode will be on the Disney Plus. Oh, oh my God. God. I'm going to stop right now because I don't want to show for them. I know. But, I know. Yeah. It's. Uh, but at the same time, they're going to have the Simpsins. Time, it's all of the Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. They don't need us to plug for them, but. Yeah. There is a streaming service coming out that you might be able to watch it on. Right. Figure don't it out. Don't mention any names, but it's the same company that owns. Uh, half the movies we've already discussed. So yes, yes, uh, and and that leads me to another wine that I was going to recommend, uh, called the Velvet Devil Merlot. <laughs> I like this Which, one already. Yeah, and well, it's very it's it's very tasty and it's also very inexpensive which are two of my favorite things and it's and it's widely produced and it's also it's a winemaker that i've talked about a million times charles smith but i i just really like him and he's also based in washington um wow. and i know it's like a conspiracy is, yeah. marlon brando uh, maybe maybe <laughs> i wasn't gonna say it but maybe actually charles smith is marlon brando <laughs> <laughs> do you think maybe he also planted all of the clues in the simpsons about where our future is going he probably did oh my god this is this is too it much continues. it continues <laughs> the conspiracy continues listeners if you're confused about what we're talking about <laughs> oh right yeah we never um, explained <laughs> yeah um i would say just go back and listen to the cats episode because you lay out uh, the the potential Marlon Brando conspiracy quite eloquently in that one. <laughs> yeah. And by cats episode, just so we don't scare you away, we mean movies about cats, not the movie Cats that's coming out, which oh, looks yes, terrifying. Yes. Yeah, it, d- it does look terrifying. Actually, uh, that's a good Halloween movie because it's yeah. scary. <laughs> scary looking. <laughs> right. There are unintentional comedies that people like, but... Few movies are unintentional yeah. horror movies. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that might be one of them. That might be one of them. Yep. Return to I, Oz being another one. Yes. Yes. Movies that will give us nightmares unintentionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not. I mean, not too much else to say about that Velvet Devil Merlot, except uh, that it's very tasty, and uh, you know, I think I think it's a good a good wine to drink while you're, uh, you know possibly selling your soul to the devil by giving your money to <laughs> certain streaming oh, services. Oh, wait, he'll buy it from I'm you? I just gave mine away. Oh, man, John Paul, you could have at least uh, gotten like 12 bucks. <laughs> that would have that would have made up for all the toys I didn't make money I from. I know, I know. 
Oh well. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably sell my soul and 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 get that streaming service. So I, I, I'm not <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not judging anybody for doing it. Um, that's in the that's in the terms of agreement. Read it, please. Yeah, read yeah, the yeah. <laughs> There's the soul clause. This is this is very this is very on on brand for Halloween. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about selling our souls to the devil. Okay, okay, hold on there. Before we sell our souls to the devil, let's take a break so I can tell you about our sponsor for this week, Care Of. Fall is an amazing time of year. It's my favorite time of year, in fact. But there's a lot going on. The weather is changing. I've been traveling. I don't know about you. People are getting sick. There's candy everywhere. And we're all just trying to fall back into a healthy routine. That's where Care Of comes in. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to get the right vitamins, supplements, and protein powders for your specific needs. Whether you're looking for glowing skin, more energy, better sleep, or something to support your health and fitness routine, Care Of helps you build and stick with a plan that's right for you. Fall is a great time to set some new goals, get back into a healthy routine, and reprioritize yourself and Care Of will help you figure out how to do this. Care Of's online quiz lets you know exactly what you need. You take a fun, short five-minute quiz and answer easy questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health needs. And then you'll get research-backed recommendations with the vitamins, supplements, and or protein powders you need based on your completely personalized quiz results. I loved taking this quiz. It was super fun and really easy and not intimidating at all. And I loved getting the results and then researching what they recommended for me. It was, it was just so easy and awesome. Because taking care of your health should be easy and convenient. Your Care Of order gets shipped right to your door in convenient daily packs, perfect for a busy, on-the-go lifestyle. Just throw a couple in your suitcase when traveling or one in your bag on the way to work every day. We want you to experience the Care Of difference. Care Of makes it easy to see where they source their ingredients from and ensure only the highest quality of products. Also, important to me, Care Of cares about the environment, with their new compostable packs that meet the same quality and safety standards, and they have a ton of info on how to compost them on their website. I recently have been trying out a new smoothie recipe with my chocolate-flavored protein powder from Care Of. I've been blending it with fresh berries, yogurt, and almond milk, and it tastes delicious and gives me energy throughout the day. And right now, you can get 25% off your first order with Care Of when you go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the promo code PAIRING at checkout. That's TakeCareOf.com and the promo code P-A-I-R-I-N-G for 25% off your first order. And now, back to the show. Well, so since we're sort of touching on uh, more kind of horror stuff, I know that there were some like monster movies and more more like horror related media that you wanted to talk about and I definitely wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about that even if I'm not even though I've got my my eye zombie knowledge <laughs> <laughs> well the I still like to me the quintessential Halloween movies are still the original universal monster movies um, of course this is how I got into horror movies as a kid, even though I didn't see the movies as a kid. This is sure. So there was a promotion that Pizza Hut was doing 
my love of horror movies came from pizza. This is yeah. But, I mean, it it's all making perfect sense. Yeah. Um, where they they had uh like these souvenir cups and stuff that were all based on the Universal monsters. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I was just obsessed with. I had to get all of them. Sure. So I got my book it things and went to get my free personal pan pizza every yeah. week. And by God, I collected, or sorry, by Satan, yeah, I yeah. collected all of those, <laughs> all of those uh, Universal Monster Cups. And for Halloween, from at the age of three, I was Dracula. Uh-huh. Four, I was the Wolfman. Uh-huh. Five, I was the Mummy. Six, I was Frankenstein's monster. Okay. okay. I was at seven. I was going to be the Phantom of the Opera, but I caved into peer pressure and was a Power Ranger instead. Oh man. And. Regret it to this day. Yeah, I could have yeah. kept that going. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you broke your you broke your run. <laughs> but I still think of the Universal monsters as like the pantheon of classic horror characters. Oh, absolutely. Um, like even people who have never seen the movies know exactly who they are and how they speak and how they behave. And when you're doing, when everyone does a vampire impression, whether or not they realize it, they're doing Bela Lugosi. Yes, absolutely. Um, unless they're doing Gary Oldman, but <laughs> unless they're doing, although he even slips a few Lugosi yeah, yeah, into yeah, his no, performance. he no, he definitely does, and I'm I'm you know ninety nine percent sure that that's on purpose. Um, yeah, because you know he's Gary. It, it's Oldman. inescapable. Yes, right. it's inescapable. But yes, no, I think you're 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 so right, and those those monster movies and and the the books that they came from as well mm-hmm. are so. Icon. I mean, it's it's mostly the movies that have been ingrained in us. Yeah. I, like our um, kind of cultural awareness, I would say. And a but, lot of that has to do not only with the performances, but the, the uh, makeup designs of the characters. Uh, absolutely. And, and it all comes, well, for most of them. But for the original, like the 30s ones, it's all Jack Pierce doing it. So like Jack Pierce basically invented uh, the look of Halloween to me. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's totally fair. And I'm just going to give you a, a quick shout out. Um, one of the things that I love that you do on Mondo, Mondo Volgare is you don't just post about like the actors and directors, but you do um, make a point of talking about like the makeup artists and the costumes. That goes back to the days of like, uh, I wasn't around for this, but when Famous Monsters of Filmland, that was a magazine in like, uh-huh. the 50s and 60s. Uh-huh. Uh, that they used to talk about makeup artists, they would give them like equal footing with directors and actors and I mean, writers. It's so because important. It's, yeah, especially in, in the horror genre, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge part of it. Rick Baker is as big a name in the horror community as like John Carpenter is, right? Or right, Wes Craven. Yeah. No, and that and that it makes total sense, and and they deserve like th- that amount of. Uh, you know, consideration and praise. It's it's yeah. incredible what they did. They shaped a whole kind of cultural phenomenon. Yeah, and and another guy to mention though, uh, this is even earlier than uh, like the 30s. This is the 20s. Uh-huh. Is Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney Senior, who mm. was Phantom of the Opera and mm-hmm. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. He did his own makeup. Wow, that's cool. And I had no idea. Yeah, and designed it all himself and was very secretive about how he did it, too. Huh, interesting. Wow. But yeah, uh, the the Phantom of the Opera, the 20s one, if you go back and yeah. watch that, that's that's all him. That is that is really impressive and really cool, and I mm. want to find out more about that now. 
Go watch the movie. Yes, yes, I will. <laughs> I'm go. saying I, that to to everyone, not specifically to you. Yes, thank you. Um, yes. I know I've seen I know I've seen the old Phantom of the Opera like when I was younger, but I don't mm-hmm. remember it clearly. Um, well, on so. my on my um, my Universal Monsters Blu-ray box set that I have, uh-huh. it comes with not that version of Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. but the the Claude Rains one from the 40s, which is in color. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I yeah. like that one too, but I I do kind of wish that they included the 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 20s one. Yeah, yeah. No, that would be that would be cool. So yeah. So let's see. So you'd mentioned. Uh, so there's obviously there's Dracula. There's Frankenstein's monster, which I appreciate mm-hmm. calling it Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, uh, I know people yeah. freak out when you're like Frankenstein. Eh, yeah, the, yeah. The doctor um, is actually, Frankenstein. actually, it's actually. Yeah. Uh, can I share this? This is my favorite uh, thing that I've ever seen on the internet, and is possibly oh, the most the, the most me thing. <laughs> is uh, there have been different iterations of it, but there was a meme going around that was like, um, actually, it's a sparkling monster. Uh, you can't <laughs> you can't call it Frankenstein unless it's from a certain region in France. That's that's good. <laughs> Which is, I feel like everything about me that i love and also i find it hysterical (laughs) that's the perfect joke for this episode it is it is the sparkling monster (laughs) um the frankenstein movies of the universal ones by the way are my favorites by far they're so Um, good bride of frankenstein in particular is not only my favorite universal monster movie it's like close to being my favorite horror movie yeah it, it it is really good that one i have seen and it is super super good also have to give a shout out to Young Frankenstein, which oh yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. which is one of one of my favorite. I mean, surprisingly, we talked about a lot of Mel Brooks this episode. Yeah, I mean, I guess he also did Dracula Dead and Loving It, which is not right, not quite not as good, nearly as not good. nearly yeah. as good as Young I, Frankenstein. That was but. and that was actually the last movie he made. Was it really? Was, yeah, and that's twenty twenty four years ago now. I yeah, thought and he I never thought, made another movie after that. Didn't he work on the producers? Yes, yeah. Well, yeah, sure. he he did like I'm sure he was involved in it, but he didn't yeah, direct it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I mean, yeah, the new the new producers. Obviously, he did the old one. But, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess you I guess you're right. Wow. I hadn't thought about that. But yes, but Young Frankenstein is amazing and i feel like also yeah. has much love for the movie yeah they use it. the same sets yeah from oh, the original oh is that true is that mm-hmm. true that's because it's it certainly very looks like faithfully it. recreated yeah. yeah yeah some of the shots are even directly from yeah. the original movies yeah i also highly recommend if you have not read the book frankenstein yeah by Mary and Shelley. it's a lot different than the uh james it whale is. movie it, is yeah it's i would even argue and this is just kind of being pedantic that it's com- kind of more of a sci-fi novel than a horror novel. Yeah, no, I think I, I I forget if I've had that conversation with you or with someone else, but um, but I I I have heard that argument, and I definitely can see that because it was mm-hmm. kind of the first quote unquote like monster novel, right. and so it wasn't really like. You know, it wasn't really like it. It's not. It's not like a horror book. It's more of right. a. The term horror didn't even really start to be widely used until like the forties. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. But it is a very good book. I highly recommend uh, mm-hmm. giving yeah, it, it a great. read, along, of course, with Dracula by Bram Stoker. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm so glad that we got to talk more about Dracula. <laughs> I go, I'm glad that you said Dracula by Bram Stoker rather than Bram Stoker's Dracula, which well, has different connotations. Very different connotations. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is... Uh, at one of the more faithful adaptations of the book, though. Yeah, actually, it is. It's very, um, it's very silly, but it's yeah, but it's but it's it's truer to the book than the Bela Lugosi one is. Yeah, no, uh, no, definitely, definitely. And the the Dracula that we have, like you were saying, the 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 Dracula in our collective consciousness is the Bela Lugosi Dracula. I yeah. would I would say, from the hair to the you know, face, the accent, accent, everything, everything. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, so Frankenstein, Dracula, obviously iconic. The Wolfman was my favorite when I was a kid. Okay, awesome. I had a werewolf obsession. um, Hey, that is fair. As a young boy. Yes. uh, (laughs) This is when, this is when, so the first werewolf movie that I ever saw, though, was Teen Wolf. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Checks out, Uh, checks out. (laughs) And then, because I was, I don't even know what got me into werewolves other than just like, having that Pizza Hut cup and being like, I like this one. He's hairy. But then when I was four years old, my dad showed me an American werewolf in London, which uh-huh. is probably too young to be seeing that movie. Yeah, I think that is too young <laughs> to see that movie. But clearly it worked out for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was the first like actual horror movie that I ever saw. Uh-huh. Uh, but the, anyway, but getting back to the Wolfman, yeah. that's another one where I think people don't even realize that how much of werewolf mythology comes from that movie. Yeah. Because the writer, I'm going to, I, I've heard his last name pronounced like five different ways. Sure. Kurt Siodmak, Siodmak, Siodmak. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but anyway, uh, he wrote the script for that movie, The Full Moon Transforming You Into a Werewolf, Silver Bullets. That comes from that script. That's not like ancient werewolf lore. Oh, oh was, really? Yeah. That's, that, that's from the 1941 Wolfman. There you go. There, no, it is. It is really interesting how much of our lore and mythology is so recent, especially. Yeah. And 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 I think that probably has a lot to do with you know the invention of film and and just you know dispersing stories in it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm. I'm not an anthropologist, so I I, I don't know. Wait, you're not? I, if I'm, I were, I would have a different I'll, podcast. I'll talk to you later. Okay, okay. I came on here for anthropology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is just making me think of, so again, in last episode, I talked about some wolf-related wines. So I'm not going to repeat myself, but there is, there is one that I didn't mention which is a, a shot neuf de pop. So there's a lot, a lot of Washington wines and a lot of Rhone wines that are very Halloweenish. I feel the Halloween wines, and <laughs> uh, and there's one that I haven't mentioned yet that I want to mention. But this one is um, the Chateau de la Fonte de Luc. So it's the Fountain of the Wolf, and the oh my gosh, I'm gonna forget her name. Remember her first name is Charlotte, but she was amazing. I got to meet her the winemaker from this from this winery. Um, she's just a badass and like no bullshit kind of person and I really appreciated mm-hmm. her. And so I, I would recommend that wolf related wine. And, and plus Fountain of the Wolf. That sounds right? like that sounds like a symphonic metal band. Totally. So wolf Fountain. I would Yeah. Wolf Fountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> hey, let's talk after this about starting a metal band called Wolf Fountain. <laughs> oh, you, I'm in. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, and then there's another. So there, there are many, many wines that are moon related. Uh, but there's another Cote de Rhone or Rhone wine called Lunar Apogee, or however you would pronounce that in France. Mm-hmm. Um, but or in French. I, I mean, you can pronounce it however you want in France, I think, but they'll probably <laughs> correct you. <laughs> right. But yes, so so those are some kind of wolf and yeah. moon related. Yeah. Uh, and wines. as I just said, the the moon uh, would not be related to the wolf without Kurt. Exactly. Siad without, Mac. Yeah, without Siad Mac. Siad Mac. Yeah, I, uh, also, though, as, as far as the influence that the Universal Monster movies had. Yeah. Um, as not just in terms of how present those that like mythology is in pop culture, but also may I pose perhaps the first shared cinematic universe? Please propose. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Oh uh, yeah! Totally. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Even totally. Um, they they crossed over a whole bunch. Yeah. No, that you're totally right. You're a hundred percent right. So in many ways, the universal mo- the Universal monster movies paved the way for DC and Marvel. Right, and Universal is has recently tried to recreate their monster universe uh-huh, to uh-huh. very very little effect. Yeah, though, because nobody liked that mommy movie with Tom Cruise. I didn't yeah, see it. Yeah, but... yeah, no, I didn't see it either. How do you feel about the mummy movies with Brendan Fraser? Or at least the original mummy with Brendan Fraser. Oh, I've gotten so much shit from this from my friends for this. So I, no okay. comment. Okay, <laughs> all right. I will say that I am a big fan of it because I was when they came out. I loved the first one. Yes. With Brendan Fraser when it came out. But yes. again, I rewatched it recently. I might have just been in a grouchy mood. Okay, oh, you I'll know what? I'm starting totally I'm starting that. to remember that it's possible that you and Winston argued about this on Facebook. Because, I argued or, with many people about yeah, this. It's possible. And I'm, I'm saying I'm not trying to talk anyone out of liking them. All like right, them. all right. They're fun. I liked them at one point. Yeah. But the last time I watched it, the constant like waka waka jokes were just too much for me. It, yeah, I it's a, like, it's. I I I definitely understand that. I definitely yeah. understand that. Like every character is a comic relief character. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. But. That's fair. But. That being but, said, you know, that being said, I'm not stopping anyone from liking it. Thank so don't you. don't thank at you, me. Thank you, John Paul. Thank you, John Paul. <laughs> uh, it does, though. It does not to sound like uh, I'm getting on a high horse there. Mm. It does piss me off when like people refer are bitching about like the Tom Cruise mummy movie. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's not as good as the original. And then I realize they're talking they're about talking the Brendan Fraser yeah, one. I'm that, like, that's, oh, not, that's the, not the original either. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that, um, why don't you talk to talk to us about the the actual original mummy? Uh, it's basically uh, it, so they, this one wasn't based on any book or anything. Uh-huh. Uh, it was the first. I think it was the first of the Universal monster movies that was an original screenplay. Uh huh. Um, but it's basically the same story as Dracula. It's Dracula in Egypt, with Boris Karloff in the role of the oh, mummy. That's right. That's <clears throat> right. And uh, he actually spends very little of the movie in bandages. So the bandaged mummy thing doesn't come until the sequel. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't know that because I have not seen the original mummy. So I, I was not it's good. aware it's, of that. It is. I will, I will admit it's very, very slow and kind of dry. Sure, sure. 
Just like um, the desert that it takes place in. Hey, 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 and just like a wine I'm about to recommend. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just want to say one thing yes, about yes, the Mummy absolutely. movie. Uh, yeah. Is that the role that Boris Karloff played before this was Frankenstein's monster, where right. he didn't speak. He just right. grunted. Right. He speaks as the mummy, and he. it's weird that his, the role that made him famous was a non-speaking role, because as soon as he did the mummy, from that point on, he was famous for his voice. Right, right. Yeah, no, that that I mean, is did, really interesting. He's the Grinch as well later. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think I did know that, but but I had forgotten. But anyway, that's my little tidbit about that. Yeah, talk about another iconic horror figure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. I do actually have a wine that I could pair with the mummy that I feel like works. Um, there is, and it's one of the few white wines that I am going to recommend, but there is a, a wine company in Germany called Von Buell. Um, so this could also work for, you know, Frankenstein, probably. But so the company's called Von Buell, and they make a couple of wines called Bone Dry, and uh, they make a Riesling that is legitimately bone dry. Like people always think that Riesling is sweet, but when people would come into the store, this wine has like zero residual sugar. And so I was like, nope, this is actually the driest wine that we have. So, um, so take that. I don't know why I'm so. <laughs> I don't know who I'm fighting, but <laughs> take that. <laughs> And First, you put me on the spot about Hocus Pocus. Yeah, and the I know, I know, I know. You came for a fight. I did, I did. <laughs> and they also, they do also make a rosé that's very tasty, too, it's called the Bone Dry Rosé. But I feel like the, those would be good wines for the mummy, um, mm-hmm. either adaptation. I am excited to, to go back and watch the original, and maybe I'll drink some Bone Dry Riesling while I do it. Perhaps. Perhaps. Perhaps, indeed. Other Universal Monster movies. Mm-hmm. There's The Invisible Man, which I also... Right. It's my second favorite one, after Bride of Frankenstein. Right. It kind of gets glossed over because yeah. I didn't have an Invisible Man cup from Pizza right. Hut. They didn't didn't make one. They, yep, that uh, makes sense. Because <laughs> he's a less popular character, but yeah. the, the movie is so, so ridiculously campy, and and it's it's basically a horror comedy. Yeah. It's And it's like an hour long, too, but it's I think it's basically a perfect movie. There's nothing I'd change about it. Awesome. I love The Invisible Man. And it's uh, Claude Rains in his first major role. Oh, cool. And then there's after that, there's Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman. Am yep. I missing? Creature from the Black Lagoon is the one Obviously, I'm missing. Yeah, Creature from the Black Lagoon, the classic. Which came out later. This is in the 50s, which is uh-huh. after the Universal Monster movies had stopped being made. Uh-huh. And he was only retroactively included in the Universal Monsters just because he was so popular. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that, but that, but that makes sense. Um, we recently watched this, the first sequel to it, which is called Revenge of the Creature. Uh-huh. Uh Which is the premise is they try, it's, they, uh, they catch the creature and put him in basically Sea World. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Jaws 3 is kind of a loose remake of yeah, yeah. Revenge of the Creature. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but Revenge, Revenge of the Creature is notable for being Clint Eastwood's debut. So oh. he's in that movie. Oh, how about that? Oh. See, so so many iconic people. Start uh, in horror. Start yeah. in horror. It makes sense. It makes total sense. Including, uh, hold on, I want to get this in here. Okay, I'm, okay. Yeah. I'm coming for a fight here. Yeah, I'm all right. Okay, now. all right. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh! doesn't like when people bring up that he was in Critters 3. Oh, that's right. 
Yes. In fact, for a while, wasn't listed on his Wikipedia page. I added it. <laughs> I remember. Half an that. hour later, it was gone. I added it again. It's gone again. <laughs> so I was like, is somebody? I does remember, he have? I remember. Does that. he have like a secretary or something like making sure no one mentions Critters Three on his Wikipedia page? He must. He must. There must be someone that he pays a lot of money to make sure that he he is not listed as part of Critters yeah. Three. Which. It's not a good movie, but look, it was his first yeah, role. It, what the at hell? least be thankful yeah. that somebody cast you when you were a kid in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Be thankful to the people who got you where you are, Leonardo. Right. Come on, Leo. <laughs> Come on, Leo. <laughs> Titanic doesn't happen without Critters 3. I said it. Yeah. <laughs> so many hot takes. <laughs> so much. We're, we're coming out swinging in this one. Well, Okay, I had just a couple. I have I have one more. No, I have two more wines that I wanted to mention, both of which are new to me, and I feel like, well, one of them is very hocus pocus e, but, and I'm and I again I'm gonna really mispronounce this this name, and I apologize because it is French again, but it is Domaine Le Clos de Fay, and uh, that's the name of the winery. And Les Sorcières is the name of the wine. Um, and Clos de Fay um, is something about fairies. And uh, Les Sorcières means the witches. So it has both fairies and witches in the name. And it's also a... This one is actually from the Côte de Roussillon, so it's a little bit to the west of the Rhone Valley. But it's a similar style blend. So the... The, the Grenache Syrah Movedra blends are just very spooky, very spooky wines. Um, and last but not least, uh, in Argentina, one of my favorite winemakers who I have talked about before, but I haven't tried this wine. I didn't know he made this wine. Um, he uh, Ernesto Catena is the winemaker. I've talked about him a little bit before on the podcast. And he makes a wine called Alma Negra, which means black soul. So speaking of selling our souls mm. i'd probably sell my soul for a nice bottle of wine i would if i if and, i still had mine yeah i mean john paul you really gotta haggle you gotta haggle <laughs> it's all right i'll take someone else's soul <laughs> oh, okay that's fine that'll be fine um <laughs> and so uh and he makes a wine called m the m blend and that has malbec and bonarda in it um it sounds delicious and um, and the label is very spooky. It's one of the spookiest labels that I have seen. Um, it looks kind of like a creepier version of V's mask from V for Vendetta, just on a black label. Very spooky. So I'm going to link an article uh, to a wine folly list of, of Halloween wines that they recommend. And some of them I agree with and some of them I don't. But uh, th that's where I found out about these last two wines. And so I'll, uh, I'll link that so you can take a look at the spooky, spooky labels. And I think, that, I think that's what I've got for wine. There's, there's, there's a couple more, but I mean, I don't want to wear you out in these I, I won't. I can't I, get worn out on wine. I know, it's true. Well, okay, so the last one I'm going to mention is, this is a wine that I used to sell, and the wine itself is not particularly great, but there is a Zinfandel coming from California um, called the Poison, so Z-I-N, and the bottle itself has, like, a skull on it, 
And like I said, it's fine. It's not like a, a, a terrible wine or anything. But apparently if you order it directly from the winery, it comes in a coffin-shaped wine box. <laughs> I like that. So so I kinda I kinda wanna order one just so I can have that box. <laughs> It's like it's like depending. It's like fifteen to twenty dollars a bottle. It's not that I'd expensive. Get it. Yeah, I would it, get it just for that coffin box as well. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? But yes, for, in case you're in need of more Halloween paraphernalia. Very, very briefly. Well, I, I first of all, I can't, I can't finish this episode without even mentioning Halloween, the movie Halloween. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, I'm sorry. Duh. Um, <laughs> so I mentioned it. <laughs> Um, you did it. You did it. Yes, I see you're wearing a Halloween yeah, I, shirt. Yeah. I it's, yeah. it's, it's the Perfect. Halloween movie. I don't really have to say anything about it. I just, I, I feel yeah. like I can't go without mentioning it. Otherwise, people are going to be like, you didn't even mention Halloween on the Halloween episode? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now I, mean, I said it. <laughs> you, could, you, could blame, you could blame me for that. <laughs> and I also wanted to mention uh, a recent non-horror movie that's yeah. set on Halloween that yeah. I love and it's tying it back into the first movie that we talked about Nightmare Before Christmas Ooh, yes. it's also also stop motion animation right uh which is Paranorman um which oh. I I love this movie so much you can't see me right it. now you can't, He's very excited you can see me yeah yes um, <laughs> much gesticulation I adore Paranorman I when it came out, I, I like it's from the same makers of Coraline, uh-huh. um, and or the same studio, not the same director. But uh-huh. um, so, and I liked Coraline, but not, I wasn't like in love with the movie. I was a little disappointed. Like I liked it, but I was I wanted to love it, and I didn't mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Mentioned mentioned it in last episode again. Yeah, um, Neil Gaiman. There's a, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of connections with Neil Gaiman and Halloween related stuff. I feel like mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I didn't see it in theaters because I was like, oh, I'll get around to it. Yeah. But then when I finally saw it, I was just like, okay, this is, this is, I'm watching this every year now from now on. This is, this is a perennial hollow. Yes. This is oh a gosh, perennial Halloween movie it. for me now. Yeah. I have not seen it. It's fantastic. Okay. I won't, I'm I won't talk too much excited. about it then because you should watch it yourself. I don't want to okay. spoil anything. Okay. Um, and it's sort of set in Salem. They don't okay. call it Salem in the movie, but, but having been to Salem, I'm like, oh, it's it's Salem. It's clearly supposed to be Salem. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You've sold me already. Salem is what if not my your soul places. though? Just yeah. No, no, no. I'm keeping that until I get a good price. <laughs> right. Or until you click agree on that Disney Plus. Yeah. Contract. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That sounds awesome. I'm gonna definitely check that out. Anything else that you highly recommend? That's halloween related or good good to watch on halloween because this is coming Um, out a few days before halloween if all goes well right so i'll I'll just run down a list and not really make comments about them but yeah yeah just uh for for movies that are set on or during halloween time uh Mm -hmm. ginger snaps i love uh it's a it's Uh a where a canadian werewolf movie oh my god um, about uh female female werewolves though and which i feel like should be done more oh my Um, god this sounds amazing. I want to watch it right now. <laughs> uh, Night of the Demons. Um, now, there's a movie called Night of the Demon, which is also good, but I'm talking about Night of the Demons, okay. plural. Okay, okay. And this is uh, from 88, I think. Um, but it's awesome. it's a super fun, like, kind of haunted house movie with demons. 
perfect. and that's set on Halloween night, so it's a perfect like Halloween party movie. Perfect. Um, and then Trick or Treat, which I'll, oh yeah, there there are two Trick or Treat movies, maybe more. One of them is oh, Trick yeah. or Treat, O R Treat. Uh-huh. This is from the '80s, starring Thor. You heard that correctly. Oh, okay. Uh, not, not Thor, Chris Hemsworth. Not, not but, Chris Hemsworth, but... No, the rock star named Thor. Um, <laughs> and... Hello, hello. Ghost of Future Emma here to tell you that John Paul let me know that he was actually confusing two different films here. The film that stars Thor is actually one called Rock and Roll Nightmare. But the rest of what he says about the film Trick or Treat is true and it's amazing so i'll let him take it from here also featuring in small roles gene simmons of kiss oh my god oh my and god. ozzy osbourne who plays a preacher who is against uh like metal music which is a oh perfect that's a perfect, perfect role casting for ozzy osbourne. yeah because um <laughs> not to get uh, i don't want to get too much off on a tangent cut me off if i'm if i am but no, have you seen the Geraldo Rivera special on Satanism in the 80s? I have not. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen because not a single word that he says is true. That's amazing. But, <laughs> but the funniest part is that he brings Ozzy Osbourne on via satellite to uh-huh. be interviewed about his music being a cult. And uh-huh. Ozzy is uh, either... well. I was gonna say he's clearly stoned, but maybe he's just Ozzy. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the two are synonymous right. at this point. <laughs> but there's there's one part, and I don't know the, I don't remember the exact quote, but Geraldo is like, "But how do you feel about parents who are concerned about um?" I'm like slipping into a vague impression. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, who are concerned about the occult uh, messages in your music? And he's like, uh, "No, no, Matt, no." Uh. And that's like his answer. And that's his answer. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. It's a, I mean, I couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> right. No. But anyway, so that's trick or treat. But then there's okay. trick or treat apostrophe uh-huh. r uh-huh. treat, uh-huh. which is a recent uh, anthology movie that's this. It's like has four different stories, but they're all yeah. connected. It's like pulp yeah. fiction. Yeah, um, I feel like I I I've heard about this one. And this is uh, so this is from only like twelve years ago. I want to say. Uh huh. Um, uh-huh. That sounds So right. it's fairly recent. And uh, I think main, it's a fun movie, but I think mainly notable because uh, Sam, who is the character in the movie, who's like a little trick-or-treater in a uh-huh. burlap sack uh, mask, and he has this little lollipop that's like also a weapon. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I think at this point, even though this was a direct-to-DVD movie, this movie has exploded in popularity to the point that like Sam, I think, is probably the only iconic horror movie character of this century so far i mean you can say pennywise but he existed before this decade yeah yeah i don't think i don't think pennywise counts in this century mm-hmm. no. right or oh i'm sorry the babadook but oh anyway. yeah the babadook yeah yeah Ugh, love the babadook but i but did sam, see I, that <laughs> and that's a good one too but not a halloween movie no um, i mean no. it's you can watch any horror movie on halloween but yeah, yeah, I'm, but I'm just talking about specifically halloween movies oh no absolutely absolutely and I think Sam from Trick or Treat is like, along with Michael Myers, like the uh-huh. Halloween Halloween character right now. Right, in horror. right, yeah. right. Awesome. So that's all. Um, that's awesome. Other than okay, that, watch great. Garfield's Halloween Adventure. That's a cat one. I'm sorry. Oh I, yeah. Oh late, yeah. Oh great. Late addition got, to this. We, we we yes. <laughs> we had to get, we had to bring in more cats. Late breaking cat. news. This yeah. just in. Garfield's <laughs> Halloween Adventure. <laughs> yeah. 
yes, obviously many, many Halloween movies are, are have cats in them. And, uh, Many and of them are black cats. Garfield's not a black yeah, cat. Garfield's but... not a black cat, but we'll allow mm-hmm. it. Thank you so much, John Paul, for so many great ideas of a variety of genres of Halloween movies. A for... cascade of genres. A cascade. A kaleidoscope of, indeed, of genres. Indeed. <laughs> you know, there are people now who don't consider Dracula a horror movie. They say it's dark fantasy. What? How do you feel about that? I, Speaking I... of genres. Okay, I have... I have... Yeah, we're not going to get into that. Yeah. That doesn't even warrant discussion. I disagree. Yes. Strongly. Like the most yeah. iconic horror character yeah, of all yeah, time. Yeah, not yeah. horror. Not horror. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming out. We're, we, we've got to bust some skulls. We've got... We've got <laughs> skulls, is, that's a very horror movie imagery. Too, it is. Yeah. And there are skulls on many of the wines that I mentioned that are Halloween related. Yeah, you got to be so. careful drinking bottles with skulls on them. Though. Yeah, that's, yeah. According to cartoons, if they've taught me anything, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they have, <laughs> that's poison. Yeah, you're right. Well, there is that one uh, that is called poison and has a skull on it. So, you know, they're not, you know, they're not at least hiding what they are. Right. Yeah. They're, they're forthright. They're forthright. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, John Paul, thank you so much. Um, I, we've mentioned it before, but um, would you like to plug some things? I think you maybe have some things coming up that you might want to mention. Oh, you don't. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to. Like, I, I can. Well, I can mention it that I will be starting my own podcast soon. Woohoo! A, a spinoff? Um, a spinoff, yes. <laughs> um, the I don't have a name for it yet, though. That's why I was like, should I? Um, That's okay. But- we will look out for look out for announcements. We will retweet, repost anything um, once you've got once you've got a name and and. Well, I was going to try to launch it on Halloween. Uh, I don't uh-huh. know if I'm going to have it done in time. So now I'm uh-huh. kind of rethinking. And so the premise of the podcast is uh, I want to talk to people. Each episode will feature a guest where they talk about a movie that they love, even though it's not well regarded. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not talking about guilty pleasures or underrated movies. I'm talking right. about just something that you unabashedly love and are not ashamed of it. And yes. say it loud and say it proud. Yes. Um, and so I'm thinking about starting it on Thanksgiving now. And uh-huh. with the first episode... Uh, being why my guest and I are thankful for the movie Showgirls. Ah, <laughs> amazing, amazing. So you might have that to look forward to. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this podcast. Um, and... and of course, you are welcome on to talk about Well, thank you. Whatever movie you'd like. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You might hear me on this podcast coming up. Well, and then, and then, of course, I mean, we mentioned it before, and we've mentioned it a little bit, but um, if you wanted to let people know where they can find Mondo Volgare. MondoVolgare.com. I haven't posted anything new on the blog in a little while now, but all my articles are still hey, up there. Yeah. There's some it's... quality content on there, so oh, definitely check it thank out. Thank you. You're and then I'm welcome. on the Twitter. Ah, at, the Twitter. At Mondo Volgare, where I... It's kind of deviated into me just making stupid puns, but hey, you know what? People have fun with it. We're we're a pun friendly podcast here. Yes, I know that. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, John Paul, thank you so much. Have a wonderful holy day, which of <laughs> course is Halloween. And yes. 
uh, Sawin or Sam Hain, as they yeah. call it. Down oh yeah, Sam Hain. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on again. Absolutely. Uh, thank you as I- always for sharing your expertise, and um, I hope that we can I'm sh- put. I'm using quote marks here for the word expertise. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I hope that we can uh, get your soul back so you can get a better price on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I need a repo man for that. I know. I know, right? (laughs) Can it be repossessed? Yes. That's a pun. That's a pun. Yeah, that counts. That counts. Totally. All right. Well, cheers. I hope that uh, everybody enjoys some spooky wine or uh, beer or cider or spirits this Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Halloween. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Happy yeah, Halloween. yeah, yeah. <laughs> How could you? Herring was created, hosted, and produced by Emma Scherzarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw, and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode was edited by Emma Scherzarko. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Check out our new merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com slash merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing, where you come for the stories and stay for the wine.